send for the women. The women who will pray. The women who have talents, gifts, and resources. To do serious damage to demonic agendas. Send for the women. The women who will mourn. The women who haven't allowed bitterness and hate. To turn them into mere mannequins. The women who aren't so downtrodden. That they've forgotten how to feel. Send for the women who still have the ability to feel and cry. So they might wail against what the devil is doing. Send for the women who will weep and wail. The women who will mourn in sackcloth and ashes. Send for the women. The women who will wake up, everyone around them, calling out, the devil is destroying us. Death is on its way. Send for the women who will be God's warning shout to his people, his alarm system, his tornado signal, his air raid siren. The women who God will use to warn his people of the impending consequences of sin. Send for the women who have a God-given destiny to destroy the power of Satan over God's people by waking them up and calling them to a morning of repentance. Women who would teach their daughters to weep against sin and the assault of the devil. Send for the women. Women who have a destiny to open their mouth and cry against the evil that the devil has put upon God's people. Women who have ideas to be voiced, energy to be released, abilities to be exercised, power to be loosed, spiritual gifts to be expressed, prayers to be prayed. Send for the women who look toward the future. To what they can be, what they can do, what they can say, what they can pray, what they can possess that will bring glory to God. Defeat the devil and see a nation saved. Send for the women. Welcome to the Graceful Warriors Podcast. This is where faith meets fortitude. I'm your host, Monica, and I'm here to walk this journey of life with you. But hello, we have to do it one step at a time. So I am inviting you to join me as we explore the art of gracefully navigating the challenges of this world while staying true to our beliefs and embracing that warrior within. God is calling the body of Christ to rise up. So if you are ready to rise higher and embrace his light, well then, warrior, this podcast is for you. Grab your sword and let's dive in. Well, everybody, welcome to the Graceful Warrior podcast. Man, how was your Thanksgiving? I actually had a surgery. November 21st, two days before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Yes, I had to have uh, a hysterectomy done. They found a, a, um, oh, a cyst on my uterus. And so they had said, let's just take it all out so we do not have the return of cysts. And um, today I actually just got all of the lab work back. Everything is good. Everything was benign. Um, they're trying to figure out why it happened, how it happened. So I'm just glad it was benign. I'm glad everything went well. So I am on five weeks of couch potato-ness and couch potato-ness is no fun. I mean, I am like, I can't do anything. And so I thought, well, let me get a head start on the next chapter. And if you have joined us for the first time, we are doing a book Uh, by Lisa Bevere. It's called Girls with Swords. And it's a powerful book. It has some really good thoughts. And so I fast forwarded to the very last chapter because I really believe that the Lord is 
showing some other things that we need to talk about. And so I was like, okay, Lord, let me at least finish this book. And it happened to be the last chapter that really spoke to me. And I read the chapter and I was like, okay, I had to really sit down and go, Lord, what are you actually saying? And do some research on it. And so the title of this episode, Deny Yourself and Carry Your Cross Like a Hero. And you're like, wow, this is like totally opposite of what I've heard before. And me too. Like I've been there. Like, you know, we go into church services where they they talk about this scripture and they say, you deny yourself, even though you're going through pain or even though you're, you're oppressed or even though you're, you're in financial troubles, we'll pray for you, but deny yourself, pick up your cross, carry the financial oppression, carry it around. Woe is me. I've heard, I don't know about you, but I've heard that teaching before. And so I've always like hated that verse. And cause I was like, you're basically telling me that I have to walk around in mope mode, you know? And so when I went through, like, I heard that, like as a kid, my parents even would tell me this scripture, you have to deny yourself and you have to pick up your cross and follow the Lord. And she, my parents would just stare and look at me like, like, can you do that? Can you go die for Christ? And at the time I was like, no, you know, hello, you're trying to scare me to death or scare me to Jesus. I didn't want to go to the Lord knowing that I had to carry my cross around and just die on the cross. I mean, who wants to do that, right? So when I read this scripture and this chapter, I was like, Lord, you got to explain this to me. So after I read it, I had to like, you know, just couch potato myself again and think about what this really means. And in Matthew 16, 24 is where we find uh, this verse. And it says, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after him, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. And so I noticed right away, there are action words in there. Come, deny, take up and follow. Now I was like, okay, Lord, what does this mean? And there's three, if you break it down, it's actually four commands, but there's three commands in the verse. But then again, you're like, okay, how do I do, do this? If I come after you, aren't you there? Aren't you everywhere? If anyone would come after me, chase after the Lord, let him deny himself. But how do we do this? What is he asking us to actually carry? And where do we find this? Does it stand for something more mysterious and deep than anything we could actually understand? What does it actually mean? And so as I did research, I found this one website. It's called Gospel Coalition. And they stated this. Believers can tend to allegorize any unpleasantness as a cross. Just like I'm saying about, you know, if you're in financial hardships or sickness or cancer, you know, cancer is a big thing in, in the world. If we're dealing with all that, we, we allegorize it as an unpleasant cross and then spiritualize it as part of discipleship. Like, I'm carrying the cross, I'm carrying this burden. 
or even more extreme, cross-bearing becomes a reference to how discipleship is tantamount to pain, not including suffering, but as its essential nature, end quote, from Gospel Coalition. And what I found to be true was that these readings, how people interpret them and how people see them, that they are dangerous because they're based on partial truths. And of course, you know, we should be weary of the self. And the Christian life is supposed to be one that that involves suffering. We go through things. But each of these misinterpretations miss what Christ is actually asking for. You're like, okay, well, what is what do you mean then, Monica? Well, hopefully you'll stay with me as we get into this and you'll have a better explanation of what I mean. Okay, so Lisa Bevere said that when the Lord was trying to teach her what this all meant, and she had taken a poll and she began asking people of, you know, what does the cross mean to you? And so after she did this poll, she was searching for one particular answer and she never got it. But the Lord showed her what that one answer was. And it was the answer, a weapon. And she goes on to say that as she reviewed the list of words that so many were kind enough to even volunteer, she heard the Holy Spirit whisper to her, behold the cross. And all of these words that people were writing in to her and more represent the cross that they are to carry these with you into your everyday world. You know, it meant grace, it meant victory, it meant healing, it meant financial um, hardships that are wiped out, you know, meant freedom, forgiveness, you know, God's love, all of that. That is, the cross is our weapon. And I was like, okay, I can see that. Yeah, um, I can look back at my life and go and, wow, I should be dead this many times that I could count, but God saved me. So my life has been spared and he helped me out of such sticky situations that I got myself into. So there was mercy. There was strategy there that he helped us. There's the redemptive hand of God. But the cross you actually carry it's not that burdensome weight that we think it is. The cross is your gospel, that your story of how God saved you or that witness of what he has done for you. But hold on, it doesn't stop there. It gets pretty cool once you start looking into all of these things that we are containers. Check this one out. Lisa Bevere went on to say that we are containers that pour out heaven's precious gifts. We don't filter the gospel. We just carry it in carrying the cross. And so each day when we, when we go to like the grocery store or we have flights that we got to take, we're going to the office or your job, you know, where, wherever that we take hope, love, forgiveness, of the cross with us 
to each of these places. These are the places where we have to offer the power and wonder of the cross. It's not the the burden of the cross. It's what he has done for us. So I hope that makes sense of what it actually is. And you're like, okay, well, what does it mean to deny ourselves then? Well, first of all, I have to go back one more point because I actually skipped it. (laughs) And here's what it meant when what carrying the cross meant during the first century, during Roman times, when Jesus was on the earth to carry a cross. And I may have said this and forgive me if I repeat because I'm a little scrambled because of surgery still, but I'm getting through it. You with me? Amen. Okay. So. Jesus said to carry a cross was to face the most painful and humiliating means of death human beings could develop. If you were carrying a cross, you were on your way to be crucified. That's pretty bold. That's pretty scary, too. That was back then. But what does it mean to us now? What do we suffer these days? You know, here in America, where we go through it so easily. We're mocked, we're laughed at, called names. You know, you Jesus freak, you're holy roller. You know, oh, you're one of them, you're religious. You know, and even worse, some are arrested and put to death with no trial overseas, the church uh, of, of China underground, the different, different nations that you're just, government walks in and just shuts you down for no reason. We have our constitution that allows us, and yes, we went through it during um, the C word. I won't say it so everybody can get this podcast out, but you know what I mean. And so churches were shut down. People had to wear a mask to church. And there was the, the enemy silencing the church, the enemy closing the door on us. And then we decided, hey, we have internet. Dun, dun, dun. And we came back and fought. And now churches are going. But here's what I've learned, too, is that we as Americans go through what we go through in the United States is so minuscule as to what first first century church people have gone through and what churches go through. And when I say church, I mean like the body of Christ, the church, what they go through overseas, getting arrested, no trial. Um, restaurants are shut down um, because they play Christian music. I don't know. You know, sure, we have had some businesses shut down because they're Christian or there's the story of the baker that won't do uh, homosexual cakes and stuff like that for weddings because he's making his stand. I don't do that because of my belief in the Lord. I am denying myself and saying, nope, I belong to the Lord. This is not good. And so as as I was looking at this, I was like, okay, Lord, this is all cool. But what does denial actually mean? And the Gospel Coalition website, I was there looking up, doing all of this research to get this podcast out. And so I started going, okay. Denial means, if I were to say, what does it mean to you, Monica? Well, you deny that extra pizza. You deny that you 
pulled money out of your family account or, you know, you're denying it. You're denouncing something. I was like, well, how does that apply to deny yourself? And the Gospel Coalition states it perfectly. And he says, denial in the New Testament is the intentional disassociation from relationship with a particular person. And then another translation says it might be to, quote unquote, disown or renounce. And so I was like, wait a minute here. You are saying deny yourself. And if we put in what Gospel Coalition says that the word means, it would sound 10 times better of going, okay, this makes sense. And so let me read it to you this way. And how Gospel Coalition is saying that denial means. Then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, let him disown or renounce himself and take up his cross and follow me. Doesn't that make sense? When we become Christians and we accept God's salvation, that, and accept the fact that he died, he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. When we accept that and we give our lives to the Lord, what are we doing? We are disowning ourselves. We are renouncing ourselves and saying, I am yours. Take my heart, live in my heart, wash away my sins. I am your servant. You are disowning yourself. You are saying that you belong to the Lord. So it clearly makes sense that to to disown means a disassociation from relationship with a particular person. Yourself. Deny yourself. Disown. I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds... Why couldn't the Lord just say it like that? <laughs> yeah, you know, and... But it's a matter of looking it up and finding out what does the Lord mean by that? And when you go and research things like this, then it sticks better in your heart and in your mind. And that's why it's so important. And I would encourage you guys to get into your word, find out what the Lord is telling you. He's always spoken in parables and yet they go, oh, you know, the Gentiles and everybody else that didn't follow the Lord, he spoke in parables and they never understood it. But for us, we're supposed to understand it. But Jesus has hidden meaning in there sometime, and and you have to look it up and go, what are you saying, Lord? That makes sense. I mean, what do you guys do as far as Bible studies? Do you just, in your own spare time, do you just read through a chapter and say, okay, I don't know what that meant, but hey, check mark on the calendar. I got my reading done for the day. If you're doing that, I would challenge you to read it slower. And when you come across something, read the footnotes in your Bible. Find out what it means. Does it does it make sense if you read the footnotes? And if it doesn't, start looking up the different scriptures. Grab a Bible concordance. Start looking up things that you don't understand. Next thing you know, you have spent like 30 minutes to an hour in God's word. And that scripture will actually speak more to your heart than it ever has before because you just raced right through it and made your check mark as far as your reading for the day. Find out what God is really saying to you. 
All right. So self-denial then is intentional disowning of the self, right? Or stepping away from relationship with the self as primary. Jesus isn't making a statement about whether the self is bad. No, but about who we are most closely associated with. Who is our primary allegiance to? Is it to him or ourselves? Because we are bought by his blood and we are no longer ours, but Christ owns us now. There's that covenant, that agreement between you and him. Now, picking up a cross like a hero, I was like, Lord, how can I pick up my cross and run with it like a hero? Okay, so what does it mean? Pick up your cross like a hero. Um, I think bearing a cross meant one was about to die, right? And that one would face ridicule and disgrace along the way. What are we doing when we become Christians and we announce that we are Christians or, you know, we let people know, hey, I don't do that. I don't drink because I'm a Christian. You know, then you're ridiculed and you're mocked and you're you're disgraced, right? Along the way. Carry it like a hero. Don't be like, well, I'm a Christian. You're like, excuse me, what'd you say? No. You know that when we become a Christian, we are now heir to the kingdom. We are kings and queens in God's heavenly realms. We are the sons and daughters of God. We were going to rule and reign with him. I never met a queen or a king that went, I'm the king of the kingdom. They're like, what? I'm the king of the kingdom. They're like, no. You would stand there, chest out, you know, and announce, I am king of this kingdom. Proudly, boastfully, right? It's kind of interesting. As I read through the chapter and in Luke, it gave me this thought process. And it's like Luke 19.11 is where I was reading the other day. And it says, many, these were my notes that I got out of this. So I'm reading it. Many thought that Christ would immediately usher in the restored kingdom, right? If you've watched, maybe even the chosen, they were running around and they were saying that, you know, Jesus is the Messiah. This is the Messiah. He's going to usher in his new kingdom that Rome is done with now. That's not what the Lord had in mind. They believed he would free them from the oppressive rule of the Roman occupiers, or even present day, our next, our government administration right now, you know, come Lord and relieve us, you know, put the 45 in right now so you can relieve us and that we can have peace and we can have prosperity. You know, but so many people too are also out there going, this is a lost cause. We're doomed. America's destroyed. We're done. But how many of you know, out of reading Bible stories, that Jesus seems to have a habit of coming in at the worst case scenario where it's just like, you know, this tidal wave is up a swell of 30 feet high and is just over that peak of coming and slamming down on you. And it's coming down faster than a speeding bullet. And you're just standing there going, oh my gosh, this is it. This is it. This is it. And you're, and it looks like there's no way out of it. 
that's where God steps in and says, back up wave. And just before it crashes all down at you, God saves us. That's where we are now. You know, so take heart with where we are now. It ain't the end of the story here, guys. This is the Lord. Do you not think that he knew this way back when he created the earth? Of course he did. He had a plan because he knew what the enemy would do. And isn't it cool that it's never the other way around. Satan's always playing a guessing game. He never knows what God is going to do. But God knows what the devil's going to do each and every time. And so he has a plan for it all. So some hoped, back to what I was saying about Luke 19, some hoped he would, that God would continue to provide free lunches for everyone. You know, when he was traveling around in Israel, they all came and spoke. He divided the five, what is it, five loaves and two fishes or however it's supposed to go, right? Um, but Jesus' statement that following him requires taking up a cross actually made people think twice about their motivations and level of commitment. God's always said it's about the heart, not lip action. God looks at the heart. Man looks on the outward appearance. And, you know, even the woman at the well, when the Lord told her, now is the time for true worshipers to worship in spirit and in truth. God came not to set up his new kingdom, but to provide a way for us to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth from the heart. No more lip action. So here's what I found interesting to carry our cross. And I thought about this and I was like, this totally makes sense. So to carry our cross would have to mean to fully put our trust in God amid the storms, no matter how big the storms and no matter how big the battles are in your life, no matter if you're going through cancer, no matter if your loved one, you're going through battles with them, no matter if your loved one's in the hospital, no matter if you're by yourself and everybody that you think of, everybody hates you. It doesn't matter what you are going through. It means that although you may be in an extremely difficult or painful situation, that you always trust that God is with you in the midst of your suffering. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ring a bell? I would hope so. Because that's where the Lord always is. He says he will never leave us nor forsake us. So he's always right there. See, as as Christians, we try to live our life according to the will of God. We commit to following his commandments and we don't live as society tells us to. There has to be a separation of the world and us. We have to be the salt of the earth. We have to be the light uh, on the hilltop. Uh, we have to make sure that our oil never goes out. And so we have to carry our cross 
for Jesus all the time. Living this way of, how do I say that? Living living in a way that pleases God, not as the patterns of this world, will mean that it will come with persecution, temptation, and pain. I remember going through certain things where it's like being told that my marriage was going to be going to be dissolved because I believed in God. And you're like, no, it's not. You either accept that I believe in the Lord and you're willing to to stay, or you do not accept my faith that I believe in, like not as their own, but accept me for what I believe. Or there's the door, you're free to you're free to go. God never said to make them stay. And so I've gone through those different things, the pain of that because of believing in the Lord, that my marriage was thrown out before me, you know. Well, and and I knew that it was like an attack from the enemy, not coming from my my husband. I knew it was attacked from the enemy because it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Our battle is not with our, my battle wasn't with my spouse. My battle was the enemy saying, you believe in God. So you know what? I'm going to destroy your marriage unless you say, okay, okay. I'm not going to go to church. I'm not going to read my Bible. Don't leave me. No, I stood and I said, you haven't cheated on me? No. Okay. Do you want to leave? No. Okay. I'm going to believe in the Lord. And You have to accept me for me because that's what I believe and be willing to stay with me no matter if I believe. And it was, it was putting the word of God out there and fighting the enemy within, not my hubby. And so Jesus does give us the victory. And that's what I mean is that even though we go through the persecution, the temptations, the pains throughout life. That's why I encourage you to get in the words. You have to know what the word says in order to fight the spiritual battles that come against you. To be able to recognize what it is. See, those that, that love God and trust in him will have the victory. It may not be immediate, but we'll have the victory. Whether it be in this life or next when we go to heaven. See, Jesus didn't die on the cross to end human suffering. I mean, look around. The world's in pain right now. There's mass confusion. There's, it's a mess out there, right? There's natural disasters, the crime, the abortion, the, the gender confusion, the every, everything out there is awful. Christ became human and filled pain and suffering with his eternal presence. And even though that we could be in the darkest moments of our life, or even the everyday struggles and temptations we face, Jesus is there. Just as he willingly took up his cross for us, we have to take up our cross for him and say, you know what? I'm going to take up my cross like a hero and I'm going to take it out there and say, you know what? This is my story. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Let me tell you how I was blind. I was living in darkness. 
I was an alcoholic or I was this, but Christ saved me from all that. And that's what it means to carry our cross like a hero. Carry your cross and go. Be willing to share. Here's another thing. and I'll close with this. So many people that I've talked to, they they have said, and I think I've shared this before on, on this podcast, but so many people that I've talked to, I was like, well, tell me your story. How did you get saved? Well, I don't like to go down that, that store, that road, because it's bad memories. That's not how God wants us to carry our cross. That is, that is not how you carry your weapon. It is going, let me tell you something. Let me show you my weapon. See, back in the day, I used to be an alcoholic, or back in the day, I was hooked on drugs. You know, back in the day, I thought about committing suicide hundreds of times. I was in the depths of despair. I did this. But you know what? See the sword right here? Christ came in and his redemptive hand came and scooped me up, put me on my feet. I got help in the hospital or I got help from a church. I got this, you know, and tell your story like a hero. And so I hope that when you carry your own cross, that you get to share in Christ's redemption of the world, that you share it, not just the pain that has no value, because there was value in that pain. You felt it, and so did the Lord. Don't waste your suffering. It's powerful and beautiful. When you carry your sword, think about somebody important to you. Maybe it's someone else who is going through a difficult time. It could be for the conversion of a loved one. We all have family members who aren't saved. God will use our cross, your weapon, to not just build us, but build others as well. God has a plan, and we have to trust in him in good. That And, and the fact that trusting in him in the bad times, even though it's not easy to do. I've been there. Trust me. I know. Our human nature wants to run away from it, but we must deny ourselves, trust God's will and all things. And then someday when we get to see things, how God has seen them, I think that's when we'll all cry tears of joy and be glad that we carried our cross like a hero. And with that, I hope you have a blessed day. I hope this really opened your eyes on what it means to deny yourself and carry your cross like a hero. And so I want to end it with, with this. And this was pretty cool. And I'm going to read this from Lisa Bevere's um, book. And it was amazing. And she goes on to say, as we lay hold of this truth, we carry ourselves and see our world differently. What if each day we prayed, Heavenly Father, may everything that the crucifixion of your Son provided gain full expression in and through my life today. I choose to deny sin and my former limitations as I magnify your work and follow you. So with that, have a blessed week. And until next week, I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye.
as our time together comes to a close, remember, my fellow graceful warriors, that the path of faith is a journey with constant growth and transformation, as well as challenges. But stay strong, stay courageous, and let your grace shine bright as ever. If you found inspiration and guidance in today's episode, be sure to subscribe to Graceful Warrior on your favorite podcast platform or even on my page here at Captivate. And share the light with others who are seeking God's path of faith and strength in their own lives. And until next time, keep your hearts open and your spirits about. Hey everyone, I just want to take a quick minute. I hope that you're enjoying this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time and listening to my podcast. Wherever you listen to your favorite, I'm honored to be able to share that time with you. But hey, I wanted to let you know, I have my own webpage on Captivate. And I'm going to leave the link in the description below. But if you were to join me on my page you have some perks that are coming to you what kind of perks you say well if you would subscribe for eight bucks a month i will give you bonus content my extra show that i have and then on top of that you'll get 24 hour early access to all the shows that the public already gets and then I'll even throw in an extra perk. If you have your own business, you could send me the name of your business and I'll shout it out on this podcast at the cost of eight bucks. It's a deal in itself. I understand that if you don't want to subscribe just yet, hey, just buy me my favorite drink. I have two of them actually. One is a cold coffee first thing in the morning. I love a caramel macchiato. And my other favorite summertime drink is a lotus banana blueberry chai. Oh, that's my favorite drink. Just hit the tip button and go ahead and leave me a tip and just buy me a drink. All right, with all of that, I just want to say thank you. And let's get back to the show.